All right, take your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 16. By the way, I'll give you an assignment. Your next song. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I want to hear that on a trumpet. <laughs> uh, and then right after that, it'd be good if he just called us up. Amen. All right, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. Let's all stand together, if you would. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Proverbs chapter 16. And we're going to look at verse, verse 7. I want us to read it together out loud in unison in your King James Bibles tonight. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 7. Let's read together. When a man's ways are he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together again tonight. We thank you for your word. And we ask God that, uh, that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and apply it to our hearts and lives this evening. I pray, God, that, that uh, as it goes forth, that it will go forth in power. And not because of the preacher, but because of the God who's behind it. And uh, Lord, I, I, I love you tonight. And I'm, I, I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I'm so thankful for what you have done for not only for me, but for all these folks that are sitting before me, I've, I've watched over the years and I've, I've seen the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God and, and uh, Lord, even the judgment of God in, in their lives and in mine. And Father, I, I pray that uh, you would uh, just uh, work in our hearts tonight and help us to, to walk away from this place tonight with an intense desire. And that's a desire for our ways to please you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. It's kind of an extension of this morning's message. This morning, I'll give you three things in, in general that just overall please the Lord. But tonight what I want to do is I want to, I want to pose to you this question. The, the, the scripture says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And most of the time, whenever I've read that verse, I've, I've, I've looked at the last part of the verse about the, uh, his enemies to be at peace with him. But, but here's the question. The question isn't, are your enemies at peace with you? The question is, do your ways, your specific ways in your life, does your walk with God please him? And I just want to look at, at, at uh, just a, a, a handful of things that, uh, that needs to be in our lives so that we can please the Lord. Um, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time sometimes pleasing ourselves. We spend a lot of time uh, pleasing others. But the bottom line is the, the whole reason why we're here is so that we might please the Lord. So let's take a look at some, at some things that we ought to be doing right now on a day-by-day -day basis in order to please God. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3 and then also 2 Chronicles 1. 1 Kings 3 and 2 Chronicles 1. Solomon is being installed as king and... God comes to Solomon and uh, tells him 
that uh, he can have anything that he would that he would uh, request. And uh, Solomon uh, goes to God and asks him for something. Look in First Kings chapter three and verses uh, six through twelve. In verse six, it says, "And Solomon said." Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out, or come in, and thy, thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered, nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment, behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall, shall any arise like unto thee. Then go to 2 Chronicles chapter 1, and in verse 9, it says, Now, O Lord God, and again, this is, this is uh, uh, Solomon speaking. He says, Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth and multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or, or, uh, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, Neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that, that have been before thee. Neither shall there any after thee have the like. In order for our ways to please God, we have to have a humble heart that requests and yearns for wisdom from God. I don't think that there has been a year, in fact, I know there hasn't, there hasn't been a year when I have gone to God more and just asked Him to give me wisdom and give me some understanding than I've done this, this last year since, since COVID hit. Um, when Solomon saw the task that was before him, he recognized that, that he didn't have the answers. And he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm like a child. 
He said, this task is, is too big for me. Um, he, he said, I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to come in. Uh, he says, I, I just really, if you don't help me, this is going to be basically what he's saying is this going to be the greatest failure that, that a king ever experienced. Well, he understood his need and he understood that, that his God could supply that need, but he had to come to him and request it. And, uh, and so he did. He came, with a, he came with a humble heart. He didn't come thinking he was somebody. I mean, you know, uh, uh, David was the king that preceded him. And that, of course, was his father. And God so, so chose it fit for, for Solomon to be the next king. And he could have gotten puffed up over that thing. He could have, he could have said, man, uh, I can understand you know, sometimes we, we do this, you know, we say, well, I can understand why the boss made this pick. I can understand why, why I was asked to teach this class. I can understand why, because, hey, after all, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm pretty good. No, that wasn't his attitude at all. He looked at that whole thing and said, man, this thing, th this task is bigger than I am. And the truth of the matter is our lives are bigger than we are. Um, we, you know, just like, just like last January, we had no idea what we were heading into this January, we don't know what we're heading into. But, but the Bible says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And what this verse says, what this pas these two passages say, is that when Solomon asked God for wisdom, he was pleased. In fact, he was so pleased, he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you honor, and I'm going to give you riches, and I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you all the stuff you didn't ask for, just because I'm so pleased that you understood how much you needed to have wisdom. And, and really, asking God for wisdom is, is an indication of a humble heart. And uh, the question I want to pose to you th this evening is, do you go to God often for wisdom? Do you go to God and, and with the understanding that there are things in your life that, that uh, uh, are bigger than you are, and that without your God, you can do nothing, and without his wisdom, you're going to stumble, fall, and fail. Uh, God, God is pleased when we come to him and ask him for wisdom. That needs, to be, that needs to be one of the ways of our lives, is going to God humbly for wisdom. Then another way that needs to be in our life is Psalm 51. Now, Psalm 51 is the prayer that David prayed in order to get right with God after his ordeal with his sin with Bathsheba and ordering for, essentially, for her husband to go to the front lines and be killed. And the, the entire, entire psalm, really, shows uh, a, a humble heart again. Uh, there's humility there, but there's, there's something in particular that God says he's pleased with. Look with me in verses 17 through 19 of the prayer. Verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto unto Zion, uh, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering 
and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. It says that he's pleased, and he's pleased with, with offerings, but not until there's a broken spirit and a contrite heart. It's not the sacrifices that please God. It was the broken spirit and the contrite heart that pleased the Lord. Go backwards to uh, Psalm 34. Psalm 34. And in Psalm 34, look down in verse 18 with me. Psalm 34, 18. It says, is it fit to say to a king, let's see, I'm in the wrong place. Hang on, I'll catch up to you. Psalm 34. All right, Psalm 34 and verse 18. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. A broken spirit and a contrite heart is something that pleases God. By the way, according to that verse that we just read, it's, it's impossible to get saved without it. If you don't have a broken spirit and a contrite heart about your sin, and really that's a, that's a, that would be a good definition of repentance, a broken spirit and a contrite heart about your sin. Uh, if you don't have that attitude when you come to, to Christ, you can't be saved. Uh, there needs to be a humility and there needs to be a brokenness and there needs to be a, 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 a throwing up of the hands, I guess is the best, best way I know how to describe it, when we, when we come to God and uh, just being totally surrendered to Him. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. And this is one of the things that God uses to get us to this point. Proverbs 15 down in verse 13, Proverbs 15, 13. <clears throat> we quote the first part of the verse a lot, but we don't quote the last part of the verse quite as often. It says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, which is a good thing. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. The truth of the matter is sorrow of heart is a good thing. Because if, if it's responded to properly, it, it will bring forth much fruit. It, what it will bring is it will bring forth an attitude of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Go with me to Ecclesiastes. And this is uh, one of the, in fact, I was looking through my funeral uh, messages last, last week before uh, I was, as I was getting prepared for Bob Smith's funeral, and just looking to see at the types of things that I have preached on in the past. And over and over and over again, as I look through the, the past messages, I've, I found Ecclesiastes 7 uh, more times than any other passage. And this is not only good for funerals, but, it, but it's, also, it's also good for us just to observe in life. In, um, in Ecclesiastes 7, uh, look down in verse 2. It says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. 
For that is the end of all men, and, and the, the, the living will lay it to his heart. And then in verse 3 it says, Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Why is the heart made better? Because we get a broken spirit and a contrite heart when we respond properly. Now, sorrow is going to bring one of, really, one of two responses. It's either going to bring a broken response or it's going to bring a bitter response. And, and I've, I've, been, I've been in both camps. I've had sorrow cause me to be broken. I've had sorrow uh, that caused me to be bitter. Now, when I say cause, it's not the sorrow that's doing it. It's our response to the sorrow that does it. And if we want to please the Lord, we'll allow those things, and when they come into our lives, to give us a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You know, uh, you can't have a broken spirit and a contrite heart and have bitterness at the same time. You can't have a broken spirit and a contrite heart and, uh, and have anger and wrath either. The Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It never does. And, and not only that, but you can't, you can't have a broken spirit and a contrite heart and apathy either. You can't have an apathetic spirit. In other words, uh, the, the, the situations of life ought to affect you and I in such a way that we become broken before God. And, and to be broken just simply means to be, to be surrendered, to be usable, for us to come to God and, and, uh, and, and have the right attitude about our sin and realize that we desperately need the Lord. I, I love that verse over in in uh, John 15, and God reminds me of it often, without, without me, ye can do nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, uh, it's, it's only possible if we have a, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Another way that pleases God, uh, go with me to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, this is one of the reasons why we did this little exercise this evening of, of uh, I rejoice in the Lord because. Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31. Verse 30 and 31 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. And again, it's going back to the sacrifices. And he's, he's saying that when, when we praise the Lord and we do so with thanksgiving, when we sing unto him, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to sing a song. And, you know, every, as far as I can see, everybody in here during all the songs was singing. By the way, one of the things I appreciate about this church, you are a singing church. And that's a good thing. But don't just go through the, the motions. Don't just be singing the words. Not only think about the words, but mean them in your heart. You know, when we, <laughs> I, I purposely did not look out today because I, I, I was afraid of what I might have seen. But we sang the song, Oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Every time I look out, I mean, every time I see somebody when we're singing that song, Oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm not really convinced, okay? 
And you know what? God isn't either. Okay? But when we mean it from our heart, and we've got praise, and we've got thankfulness, and we've got rejoicing coming forth from our lips, then the Bible says God is pleased. That way that we exhibit in our lives is a way that pleases God. Go, go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. In Hebrews 13, look with me down in verse 15 and 16. Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You know, we please God when we bring forth thankfulness. And, and not just in a church service like this. But when you say praise the Lord out in public, and I, I don't mean just praise. When we first got to Green Bay, we met a guy. In fact, he was, uh, I believe, our landlord. His name was Dave. Dave was an unusual kind of character. And uh, he went to a charismatic church in town. And uh, uh, when he up to talk to Dave, he'd say, Hi, Dave, how you doing? Well, praise God, I'm doing good, bless the Lord. Amen, hallelujah, praise God. I'm, I'm, I, listen, how are, how are things going with you, praise the Lord? And after a while, it just, it just irritated us. I don't think God is pleased with that kind of stuff, okay? You know what he's pleased with? He's not pleased with just those words rolling off our tongue, but it, us meaning it in our hearts. And even allowing the uns, unsaved people to hear when we are thankful to God. You know, it's easy to do it in this group. It's easy to do it in this crowd. But we not, not only need to do it here, we need to do it in our homes. We need to do it in our jobs. We need to do it out in public. And when, when we give praise to God, that's a sacrifice that comes up into the nostrils of God and is, and is a sweet-smelling sacrifice. He's pleased with us when in our ways we're giving thanksgiving and praise. Another thing that pleases him, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Another way that pleases God that needs to be in our lives on a day-by-day -day basis. Romans chapter 8. And I want you to look at me on the first eight verses. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now understand, he's talking to saved people. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to saved people. And he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son, likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life 
and peace. Now, again, he's talking to save people. See, the more carnally minded you are, the closer you're going to get to death. Uh, verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh can, can, uh, cannot please God. What he's speaking of here is he's speaking of walking after the Spirit. Now, the only people that can do that are saved people. But when we walk after the Spirit, that walking after the Spirit is, is something that pleases God. When we walk after the flesh, it does not please God. Uh, it just simply means to be spiritually minded. And again, not just when you're in church, not just when you're reading your Bible, not just when you're praying, but to have, have the, the, the things of God in the forefront of your heart and mind throughout the day. Uh, and to allow the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you and direct you. Uh, again, you know, and in this scripture it says that lost people cannot please the Lord. Something that you and I can do as save people is we can put a smile on God's face. We can, we can please our God. Before I got saved, I couldn't please God. Couldn't please God until I trusted Him as Savior. But now that I'm saved... I can please the Lord. What a privilege that is to be able to do so. And I please him and you please him when we walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Um, the, 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 uh, uh, a person who is saved and is allowing the flesh to lead them instead of the spirit to lead them can't please God either. Uh, as a child of God, you and I cannot please the Lord when we follow our flesh. And when I say follow our flesh, I'm not just talking about just, although this would also be included, the vile and the dirty and the nasty things, but just following our own desires and following our own will and following uh, our, own, our own wants and needs. Uh, when, we, when we follow the flesh, we do not please God. But when we follow the Spirit, we do please the Lord. And here's one of the ways that we can that we can uh, avoid following the flesh. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And down in verse, uh, well, let's, let's start in verse 3. He's, he's uh, Paul speaking to Timothy, a young preacher, and he says, Thou therefore... In verse 3, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Um, part of walking after the Spirit has to do with not getting so entangled in the things of this life. The more entangled we get, the... the, the uh, the, the, the less we can do for God and the more that our, our minds and hearts uh, get tied up in those things. And again, it might not necessarily be bad things. We just get so, we, we get so you know, I've, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard out of the mouths of saved people, well, I'd like to do this, but I'm just so busy. I'd like to do this, but I've just got so many responsibilities in other, other areas. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to go on a missions trip, but I've just got so much to be careful, okay? 
what, we're, what, what is easy for us to do, and every one of us can get trapped in this thing, is to just get all tied up in the things of life, the everyday life, and uh, rather than following the Spirit of God in our lives. And it's so important that uh, if we're going to please God, one of the ways that we can have in our lives that causes us to please Him is by walking after the Spirit. And then the last one, we kind of touched on this lightly this morning. We're going to look at it again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. says, But even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our Exhortation was not of deceit or of uncleanness nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which, which trieth our hearts. God is, God is pleased whenever we boldly witness for him. And according to verse 2, Paul said, listen, I, I, when, I, when I gave the witness, I did so in spite of contention and in spite of personal suffering. Now, he was not talking about contention emanating from him. He was talking about contention as a response. In other words, he didn't let negative responses from others stop him from giving out the gospel. He, he, he continued steadfastly in it. And even though he was suffering and even though he had some personal infirmities, and we know from other places in Scripture that the Lord Jesus had all kinds of infirmities, he rejoiced in those infirmities. And in spite of those things, he still was a witness. We were, we've just finished up in adult Sunday school um, studying the book of Philemon. And the book of Philemon is about uh, a, a slave by the name of Onesimus who ran away from his owner, Philemon. And when he ran away, he crossed paths with the apostle Paul. It was brought up in class this morning. Somebody brought up the point that, uh, you know, probably because Paul had spent time with uh, Philemon previously, that uh, uh, Onesimus knew uh, the apostle Paul and might have even searched him out and looked for him. There's a good possibility that that's the case. But Paul at the time was, was in house arrest. He was in jail. He was in prison. Um, and uh, yet even during that time, he made sure that he was a witness, and he made sure that he was a testimony. And the implication seems to be that uh, during that time is when he led Onesimus to Jesus Christ. So in spite of the, uh, the contention, in spite of personal suffering, uh, it pleases God when we, we speak out for him. Down, look down in verse uh, 3 again. It says, for our exhortation was not of, of uh, uh, deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. He says, listen, we were just honest. We were, we were up front. There was nothing, uh, you know, we didn't try to, to trick you into anything. When we gave you the gospel, we were just outright and uh, forward and, 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 and forthright. Uh, one of the things that, and this year we're not going to be having a, a, a men's beast feast, but in previous years when we have had our beast feast, I've, I've encouraged all of our guys 
to let them let the guys that they invite know ahead of time. Now, you need to understand, we're going to put on uh, the feed bag for you. There's going to be a great meal. Uh, we're going to have some giveaways, but there's going to be some gospel preaching. And uh, we expect you to be man enough to be able to sit there and listen to that. Um, I would rather do that than to just talk about the meal and talk about the, the, uh, the giveaways and then spring the gospel message on them. I don't, I don't think that's being forthright. I don't think that's being honest with folks. Um, and and I've, I've told our guys to do that, and you have. You have done that. And we've had a good number of people come. We've had, we've had uh, some men trust Christ as Savior as a result of the thing. But, but just being honest and just being upfront when we witness. And then, then verse 4 says, But as we were all out of God, to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. And, you know, he, he, he's saying that I didn't say what I said and I didn't witness the way that I did because I was trying to find a way to, to just ease in the gospel and sugarcoat it and all that kind of stuff. You see more and more of that going on today. Um, Jesse Penner takes care of our our gospel tracks for us and make sure that we have plenty of them to pass out and let me encourage you to grab some on your way out tonight and pass them out throughout this week but um, um, she's told me and I've seen it too and ones that come across my desk uh, more and more people don't want to tell people uh, in gospel tracks that they're going to hell one of the first things I look for is I look for not only the fact that they that the tract says that, that people are sinners, but that because of their sins, they deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. That there is a price to be paid for sin. Now, you should never enjoy telling somebody that. You know, I've been witnessing for lo these many years, and I, 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 I don't enjoy telling anybody that uh, their sin is going to take them to hell. But we ought, to, we ought to be willing to be able to confront them with that fact so that they understand it, so that they can get a broken spirit and a contrite heart about their sin, and they can, they can trust Christ as their Savior. But, but what Paul said here was, he said, listen, I, we, weren't, we weren't trying to please men. We weren't afraid of men's reactions. We just, we just witnessed because we wanted to play, please God. And when we witness boldly for him, then our ways please him. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. And with this, I'm going to close tonight. I want to ask you, ask you this. Do your ways please the Lord? You know, this last week, looking over the last seven days, did you, did you have a humble spirit? And did you request wisdom and understanding of God because you knew you didn't have it? Did you have a broken spirit this last week? Did you have a contrite heart? Uh, did you find yourself praising God with thanksgiving without being prompted? Okay, not just in a service like this tonight, but you just, you just praise the Lord because God was, has been good to you. Uh, do you do you do you find yourself did you find yourself this last week walking after the spirit? 
could you remember some distinct times when, no, I didn't follow the Spirit of God, I followed my own flesh, followed my own desires, I followed, followed my own ways. And then last of all, um, were you, have you been bold in your, in your witnessing? The reason why these things are so important is because the Bible said, these ways please the Lord. And here's the whole reason why we're here. Chapter 4 of Revelation, verse 11. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. That is not only talking about the mountains and the hills and the animals and, uh, and the, the, the uh, waters and streams and waterfalls, not just about God's inanimate creation, uh, but it's also talking about us. The whole reason why we are on this earth is that we might please God. And again, the question is, do your ways tonight please the Lord? Let's bow for prayer. Father, we're thankful for the fact that we can please you. We can't please you until we trust Christ as Savior. And Lord, if there's anyone here that does not know for sure that if they were to die and go to heaven today because their sins have been forgiven, because they've come to you realizing they're a sinner on their way to hell and has cried out for mercy and believed that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth from all sin. God, if, 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 that's, if that's the case, if there's anyone like that, whether it be here in the sanctuary or whether it be on, online, and uh, they, hear, they hear these words tonight, and they don't know for sure. If they die, they go to heaven because they haven't trusted you and you alone as their personal Savior. Help them to understand, God, that there's no way they can please you. Absolutely no way. And the only way that they can begin to please you is by first taking your gift of eternal life, first crying out to you for mercy and asking them to save you. And then, secondly, Lord, help us to be honest before you save people and just ask ourselves the question over this last week, did my ways please you? God, if, if not, we need to take care of some things. We not only need to ask forgiveness for those times when our ways did not please you, we also need to determine that, that uh, this week, by your power and by your grace and by your wisdom and by your strength, we're going to please the Lord because that's our greatest desire. Work in hearts, we pray, during this invitation. Have your will and have your way. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.